0: Hi, my name is Lauren Miller, and welcome to Real Talk with NMAC. I am joined today by some wonderful folks that were a part of our Biomedical Summit. And today's podcast is a part of NMAC's partnership with the CDC, Let's Stop HIV Together. NMAC is proud to help spread the word of Let's Stop HIV Together by giving priority communities access to information on HIV prevention and treatment. You can find out more at bit.ly slash Underscore CDC. All right, so let's get a chance to meet some of the folks that we have up here today. I'm gonna start right here to my left with Lamar.
1: Absolutely. So um, I am Lamar Yarborough. I am the founder and executive director of Hype Team Power Incorporated. Uh, you know, Hype started in 2013 after going to a camp that had children living with HIV. Oh, wow. And wow. in that process, um, it, it, you know, my, my heart was changed, you know, and I knew I needed to do something. But one of the reasons that led me to go to the camp was I was diagnosed with an AIDS diagnosis. So I only had five T cells, ended up in the hospital, and then in that same year, diagnosed with cancer um you know and so just trying to find hope and you know one of my social workers said if children can do it then maybe you know you could do it because you know I was kind of resistant to the process and so in going to the camp it it, after like the third year uh I was actually going to do another camp but trying to put so much stuff in it somebody said you're not trying to do a camp you're trying to start an organization right and so in that process um you know, hype Hype was born. And, you know, to start learning. And then in 2017, we got our Texas imp status. Um, okay. And so, you know, really excited about that. Still learning. In 2019, we got our first funded um, grant, you know, and that was you know around 25000 in the same year. Got another $25,000 grant and kind of just started the work wow. um, of, of HIV. And so taking a lot of the things within my own life, um, being a black, gay men living with HIV um, and kind of incorporating it into the organization. Um, You know, that's how we started. Um, My aunt, when we first started the first inaugural board, um, she came on and one of the things she was saying was, there's not a lot of education out there for family members. True, true, very true. And so, you know, the individual who's um, diagnosed, they get a lot of training. They, you know, they get advocacy, but there's nothing. And so, one of the things that you said, as a family member, um, we need education. We right. need all that too. And so, one of the things that we incorporated within our organization was the family component. Um, and so, we, you know, been running with that ever since to the point to where we created a program called Emulate Program, where it takes um, Black gay men and their family members who are affected with HIV. And they go through a training course of learning how to be advocates right. learning how mm. to um, you know talk about that and combat the stigma of okay. that mm-hmm. and do a whole campaign around that education courses for their community um, right. along with thank you yeah yeah along with um, another aspect of the goal is for sustainability skills and so we give them you know kind of like a um, Hootsuite analytics and things of that nature to okay. help them sustain their skills afterwards. So that's pretty much, you know, hype, you know, kind of its origin story and, and kind of, yeah. Right.
0: right. So is hype an acronym of?
1: <laughs> it's a long acronym. Um, we want to hear it. What uh, is okay, it? Yeah. So it's HIV positive youth who pledge to empower themselves and others.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, that is beautiful. And thank, thank you it. for that amazing work. Absolutely. Can I do it one more time?
1: It's HIV-positive youth that pledge to empower themselves and others. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Love Thank
0: it. you. And where are you all based out of? Yes, yeah,
1: so we're based in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and we can modify our programming virtually. Um, one of the things that the pandemic has taught us to kind of be adaptive. And we were doing a lot of our programs in person, but, you know, through G-Suites, you know, they have, you know, their classroom. And so we kind of adapted a lot of our programming through the G-Suite model. Um, That's amazing. And So, yeah.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Right. Let me hear a little bit about you and your organization as well. Uh, so my name is Jonathan Roberte.
2: I work with Hyacinth Foundation in New Jersey. Okay. Uh, we have over seven offices throughout New Jersey, uh, the oldest HIV-serving organization in New Jersey, and um, I'm actually just coming back to the field after
0: approximately two years. Okay. Um, you know, Took a little break there. Took a little break. You know, sometimes it's needed because... Self-care is important. We don't want people to burn out because we mm-hmm. need you. You are the most important factor in this work because without you, we're not going to be able to get to zero. Absolutely. So if you have to, whatever you have to do to take care of yourself, you make sure you do that.
2: So, yeah, and it, it kind of coincided with uh, quarantine, with, uh, you know, everyone being isolated at home. Um, You know, one of the main reasons I came back in the field was thinking about, you know, you know, as a gay Latino man myself, you know, uh, many times growing up, you live in a sort of island isolation um, and how that ends up correlating to, you know, our own risks for HIV, Um, you know. And I thought a lot of the time while I was away, thought about, you know, other Mm-hmm. Individuals who may be experiencing that isolation in, in a whole new new world that yeah. was going on and, and how challenging them that may have been. And, you know, it really brought me back to this field um, in order to get back to the work that we absolutely need to do.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, it was kind of scary thinking about as everything was shifting in the world, what you know, who may not be getting the services that they need at that moment. Um, You know, whether it was just companionship, um, whether it was being in a room with other beautiful people that look like us, um, you know, that that was something that was going to be needed again.
3: Right.
0: Thank Um, you so much for sharing that. I think you really mentioned something important when you talked about the loneliness that we all experienced during the pandemic. It was definitely a very lonely period for me, especially working from home. Um, that meant that I just stayed at home within myself, but I was able to um, grow a lot closer to, you know, folks that I could communicate with, like my coworkers, my support groups on Facebook. Pretty much anyone who was on the other end of the camera became my buddy at some point. Like, so it's amazing, and even the investments we made in telehealth. Right, You know, and work from home jobs. I remember when people would say, oh, I have a a job where I work from home. It was considered like a joke or something. But now it's something that we actually know um, can work. We know that telehealth works in that capacity as well. So I think that is it. We... We learned a lot, and we're going to be able to make a lot of investments from it. So I'm going to go to you, Nessaquan. Tell me a little bit about you, where you're from, and your organization that you're here representing as well.
3: Well, thank you for this opportunity to be here. Uh, my name is Sequan Kolobis, and from Salt Lake City, Utah, mm-hmm. uh, Mormon capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, a city where we don't have sex until we get married. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right. And I am the founder and executive director of Hope on Tap. And it's spelled T-T-A-P-P, which stands for Testing, Treatment, and Peer-Led Prevention. Wow. That's amazing. Um, A little bit of my story is uh, injection drug user for 26 years, been in recovery for three. And um, I became HIV positive in 2013. And that was a great reason for me to stay in the needle. So when I finally entered into recovery, I saw the gaps of services that we weren't receiving, um, being involved in the drug-using community, um, being involved in the sex-working community. So I decided to start this organization. Um, I do outreach, mobile, HIV and hepatitis C, rapid testing, um, linkage to care, soon, if everything, goes according to plan, I'm going to be able to start doing rapid-start treatments right. on the spot as well. Because as a, coming from the drug-using world, you have 15 minutes of my time, mm-hmm. and then I got to go. <laughs> so if we can get them taken care of, get them their harm reduction kits, get them tested, and then get them their treatment or, you know, hand them a bottle of PrEP before they walk out the door, Right. that's my, that's my end vision. So... I'm halfway there. I'm testing. I'm linking to care. So uh, that's where I'm I'm coming from.
0: Right. Well, I want to just first say thank you for all the amazing work that you're doing out there. Because I know more than likely you're like the... Only person that I've met from Salt Lake City in my life. <laughs> so I'm sure you might be the only person that's doing <laughs> HIV prevention work out there. So thank you so much for your dedication and, and just making sure that our community gets what it what it needs, mm-hmm. you know, um, without stigma, without judgment. Right. And yep. we know that harm reduction is something that's very needed in the community of people living with HIV. Um, so thank you so much for that work. We'll go to you next, Jonathan. Tell us a little about a little bit about you, where you're from, and your organization as well.
4: No problem. So um, Jonathan, Johnny, I go by either or. Don't, it don't really matter. Um, but how I came into this work was um, I became positive at the age of 13. Um, and actually, last year, Marks, um, yeah, Marks, I've been living longer with HIV than I have been living without HIV. Wow. Um, that, to me, um, and I may come to tears on that, so give me this moment, but that, to me, um, was a big accomplishment because when I was diagnosed, um, I was told that I only had 20 years to live back in 2006. Um, And now, um, you know, science has caught up. You know, the story is different. My story is different. My life expectancy is different. Um, And how I live my life is different. Um, And one of the things, being diagnosed so early, um, I noticed that my peers at the age of 13, 14 didn't have or um, we weren't having these conversations about HIV. It we weren't having conversations about sex. We were having sex. That was our reality. But the conversations were, were, were I'm having sex, not let me teach you on how to do this properly. Um, and so I made it my vow to kind of make sure that I represented and, and, and taught my peers on how to have sex. Um, anything that I did in school was all HIV, STD-led. Um, any project that I had, my senior exit project was on that. I was actually fortunate to do a documentary on my life, living with HIV um, in school, and they played it for my whole school um, so that um, I can live in my truth and not have to worry about nobody whispering behind my back that that little internalized stigma that we all typically go through when we're positive. Um, I was able to kind of get in front of that um, in the very, very beginning so that um, my school can support me. Um, And that was so empowering for me because I was able to Educate at the same time as letting you know that, hey, I'm not the one to mess with. Don't f with me, right? Um, but you can come to me and ask questions, right? Um, and we can talk about it and have a conversation. Right? Uh, and to see them get behind me, the way that they did, meant so much to me. I created right. my own bubble, and they kind of, um, they kind of was the air in that bubble for me. Right. Um, so I worked with um, local organizations in the area. They kind, of, they kind of helped me with my um, story, with presentations, things like that. Giving me opportunity to kind of go to different schools and different places around. Um, Charlotte to um, educate other peers, things like things like that as well. Um, and then I got into a relationship I'm at the age of 18, 19 graduated high school. So my kind of bubble changed, right? Mm-hmm. How I look changed, how you know things like that. Um, I like to joke and say that I was a flaming flame pop when mm-hmm. I first came out. So I came out at the same time that I was positive. All of that came out at one time, of course. But um, but when I turned eighteen. Um, the way that I viewed myself changed, the way that I presented myself changed, and my identity changed as well. And with the identity changed, um, the fact that I was positive was a secret, mm. or nobody really recognized that anymore because I was a whole different person. Um, and that created, that for, for me, I didn't want to open those cans of worms again, so I kind of left it where it was. Um, and I got into this relationship, you know, first time I was ever exposed to um, any um, substance abuse. Um, and um, it kind of took me through a, a really weird transition. Um, so I started inviting him to support groups that I used to go to when I was a teenager. And so we got there, and I was hearing stories about the, um, the people that are there now, um, about how they couldn't find love, they wasn't able to be in a relationship, things like that, very similar to what we heard today. Um, and that's why I connected with that story so much, with a lot of those stories so much. And I wanted to kind of let them know that, hey, you, I've never had an issue with dating, you know, you're going to have to have the issue with, with dating either. Um, and if we can live in our truth and if I can empower you to do that, I guarantee you that your dating pool would change and it'd be it'd be brought in. Um, so that's how I started getting back into the work um, and get back into advocacy work. Um, I feel like God kind of put this in my lap because I went to school for early, early childhood education and um, Rain opened up a door for me to kind of come in and just change how they um, do programming. Um, they gave me... Um, a program, which is EIS, which stands for Early Intervention Service. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of went in and put my own spin on it, created a curriculum that was um, tailored to my community, um, and, we, and it went there. From there, it expanded to a, a five-person position, five people positions. Um, and from there, I went ahead and started directing the outreach um, team, wow. which consists of PrEP, um, prep, our PrEP department, our EIS department, of course, Substance abuse department, and our research studies. Oh, okay. um, oh. And... I like, I was the first um, black young young male to, um, the first young black male in leadership at my my agency. And that meant a lot to me, because um, A, there's not enough representation in leadership. Right. Um, And I think it is important that in order for us to, um, in order for programming and, and interventions to be effective, we have to have people of color in those positions and not just one person, right? Because we're all multifaceted more people of color in those positions so that we can kind of um, really, really get down to the work and really, really um, have a lot more say-so of how to um, um, implement these um, interventions.
0: Right. Thank you so much for sharing. And by the way, you, you mentioned the name of your organization. Is that an acronym?
4: So it's not an acronym anymore. We was back in the 90s. Um, so we started out as a faith-based organization. So in the past, it, it stood for Regional AIDS Regional AIDS Interface Network. Okay. Um, because we're not a faith network anymore, um, we kind of took the name out, and we definitely didn't want to have the word AIDS in there as well. Right. So, so we kind of took that out, but the Rain um, um, name itself was too ingrained in the community; we couldn't get rid of that, so we just stayed with Rain and just took away the acronyms.
0: Wow, that's a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing about being a um, you know a young person living with HIV as well. I know you. Mm-hmm probably had a lot of glows and, and grows along the way to adulthood and look how far you came. So that's an amazing journey. And thank, thank you, you for being here with us today, at the biomedical summit. So I want to take us into our next question, which is what brought you all here to Chicago, to the cold, windy city, you know, to be a part of the um, biomedical summit. I'll start with, start with you, Saquon. What brought you here to the biomedical summit?
3: I'm always looking for ways to improve my my organization. Right. Um, right now it's just me and my partner, Shane. Um, but, you know, we take care of everything. I, I do the testing. I link to care. I'm peer support. I'm harm reduction navigator. He transports all our clients to their appointments if they need to. Um, we travel to a lot of rural communities. Yeah. Where... Some of these communities aren't even testing for HIV. Mm-hmm. No doctors are providing for it. Um, I feel like we're not in 2022. I feel like we're in the, the 1800s almost in some, some of these, these little communities. So coming here, going to the workshops, like, you know, because I also have a large group of friends who are HIV positive who don't know how to speak out about it. Right, who want exactly. to get involved, but they don't know where to go or what to do. Um, so, learning how to build, you know, a team of HIV advocates in the community. Um, learning how to go and speak to providers. You know, the U Equals U, U Equals U champions. Um, I would love to have providers in these little rural communities know about U Equals U. Right, exactly. So, learning how to speak to providers in these little towns. Learning how to build a team of... Amazing people like you guys. I am just blown away by all of your guys' stories. (laughs) Thank you so much. I just (laughs) want to kiss each and every single one of you. Um, Just learning how to improve my reach of services.
0: Yes, definitely so. And
3: networking. Networking, networking, networking. Networking.
0: To me, that was the best part of the biomedical summit was the networking. Getting to meet meet you all, everyone here, to fellowship and be able to eat together and talk Mm -hmm. and laugh and joke. It's just been an amazing experience, especially after being, you know, away for two years. Like, this is my first in-person event. I'm just excited to be here. I really am. But what about you, Lamar? Let's talk about what brought you here to... biomedical summit
1: yeah i think that the aspect of networking really brought me here um again this is the first time in a long time for all of us you know um to to network with individuals you know um and a lot of agencies you know people have you know got promoted some people have you know resigned and so it, it gave me a chance to um you know, network, and I think like um, Sequoia. Sequoia. Sequoia, anything I can do to better, you know, my agency, I'm gonna do it, right? And I think like in this process, because of the networking, meeting so many individuals, and meeting so many young EDs, um, what's working, what's not working, That has been the the biggest, uh, you know, reward in the process, just seeing so many young EDs. Okay, you have staffing. Okay, we're trying to get there. Or, you know, this is what works for us and, you know, writing, you know, our grants, you know. Um, And so I think that that has been the biggest uh, aspect. And I think, like, really, honestly, too, meeting a couple of... Even though we're networking, but I think, like, I've met some friends here, people who, you know, I will definitely, you know, go back and say, okay, cool. Might not talk every day, though, but I know, like, we'll keep in touch, right, through text messaging, through Facebook. You know, I want to know what they're doing. Um, And so I think, like, you know, biomedical, this uh, process has given me, you know, a multi-look and a uh, uh, multi-experience. So I'm I'm really grateful for it.
0: Right. And the same question for you as well, Jonathan.
2: I mean, one of the main things that brought me here, to Chicago. Chicago um, Chicago's right Chicago's just such a beautiful city <laughs> and the is. weather's lovely I love it you like the cold? So you, oh my God, I love it. Okay. Love it.
0: Look, he's shaking his head. He doesn't <laughs> like
3: it. Johnny does not like the I was cold weather, y'all. Off the airplane.
4: <laughs> oh, you said you needed therapy. I was crying when I got off the airplane. Like literally tears because it was so cold. Like, yeah. wow. I, I, I was not used to like the wind yeah. hit in my face like that. It was way too cold for me. Yeah. I, and I I just wasn't prepared for the cold. I thought it was going to be like how y'all how how are they getting snow in April? Yeah.
3: I
0: was <laughs> yeah. like, what is that? They actually yeah. said it was a 70% chance of snow today. <laughs> so I was like, I only see flurries in January because I'm from the South too. I'm from mm-hmm. the Carolinas. So when I see my flurries, it's only once a year. And I'm like, flurries in April or 420? A... <laughs> Where are the, you know, what happened to um, May showers, bring April <laughs> right. flowers or something <laughs> like that? I don't remember how it went, but what happened to that? You know, right. so it, it's definitely been cold, but the view is amazing yeah. here at the hotel yeah, at the course. Sheraton Grand Chicago. The view of the riverfront and the amazing buildings, and it's just it's it's just a sight to see. It so is. I'm I'm definitely very excited about that.
2: You know, I think coming off of the pandemic, um, one of the things that I was interested in seeing is how people were challenged. To make their programs work, right? Yeah. I think a lot of times with HIV prevention, we kind of stick to the same model of doing the same work over and over again. Um, and it really put a challenge on, on agencies, on individuals uh, to reach people in a whole new way. So I was super excited to be able to come back here and see what everyone's been doing, how we can reach people, you know, where they are, right. as opposed to constantly feeling the need to bring them into our agency, how we can, you know, use all of the resources around us to reach people in the community.
0: Yes, definitely. So all of the resources, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think When we when we when we talk about resources, even people as a resource, you know, the folks in our community and not the folks that are low hanging fruit, but really going out there and finding out who are the leaders, who are the folks that people listen to and trust. You know, I think that we need to um, expand our networks in that way, Mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of times we look for the people living with HIV that are celebrities Mm-hmm. <laughs> or celebrities that are living with HIV, whichever way you want to say it. But I think that there's more power a lot in those voices that we don't hear um, or those people that we don't see. Because we know that a lot of times those are the change makers too. Right. Those are the people that are really impacting a lot of things behind the scenes. Yeah. So I want to go okay. to you, Right, okay. um, and just what brought you here to the biomedical submit? So um, first, it
4: was the fellows. Um, mm-hmm. So I joined the fellows this year. Um, so looking for the
0: fellows is, is
4: the, so um, it's the CDC less um, um let's let's um, stop HIV to together. HIV together campaign, and so we pretty much we pretty much will be working with um, each other to push out messaging and videos and and things like that about um, prevention um, and. Prevention and treatment. Okay. Um, every month for the next couple of months, I think for the next eight months. Um. And so we kind of came here to kind of meet and talk and 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 collaborate and talk about different ideas that we had. Um. As well as um. Get important ideas from the summit. Um. So that's my my main reason. But I also had another objective, which is my organization. Um. We've been in business since 1992, but we just for the first time got CDC funded. Um, for. Um, so I wanted to make sure that we get it right. Um, right. So I wanted to talk to other organizations that that have CDC funding and see how they structured their program um, so that I can take that back and kind of restructure our program so that we can make sure that we're getting it right. You know, it's, it's a one-stop shop. It's here. We got it. Um, so I wanted to make those connections to ensure that I can always phone in, phone in a friend when I need it to to ensure sure that our programming was, was right.
0: So let's start with you. How are you enjoying the summit so far? I know it's been two years since we've last been in person. So is this your first time coming to the summit or are you one of our, our returning attendees?
1: Yeah, um, this is my first time here. So I'm very excited to be a part of this, uh, uh, this summit. Um, you know, through COVID, this is my first in-person event through the whole pandemic. So I'm I'm really excited. Uh, More so, I'm excited to meet um, a couple of new faces. A lot of times when I go to conferences, it can become like a family reunion. However, uh, I'm I'm meeting a lot of really uh, uh, unique individuals. So I'm I'm excited for that. So, yeah.
0: All right. So I'm going to pass the question on down the line. So is this your first time? Are you returning Um, for a second time uh this
2: is actually my second time here i believe the first one was in san francisco it was the prep conference at that point um but it's great it's great to be back Um, you know it's been a long two years um so it's great to see all these
0: beautiful faces oh that's amazing and i got a different question for you okay so it's our first time back we're on the other end of the pandemic and we're all here if you can't see us we're here with no mask on How does it feel, and do you feel safe and (laughs) COVID-free?
3: I do feel safe because of the vaccine credentials that everyone had to go through in order to attend the conference. On the outside walls, a little nervous, Okay. a little nervous about it.
0: That's definitely expected. And what about you? How are you feeling about being at the summit with no masks on the other side of the pandemic,
4: um, I feel really, really good, um, but I, I would, hate to pass over the chance to say I've never seen melanin pop so well in this <laughs> in, in this in this whole thing. Um, this is my first time coming here, and I loved um, seeing um, people that look like me um, are being a part of the conversation and have a seat at the table, um, and. Being that mask or no mask, I love seeing the fact that we are here, able to celebrate each other and love on each other and give each other hope that we can be
1: in leadership and sit at that table and have these conversations with each other as well. That's amazing. I would love to piggyback on that. Go ahead. I think it's really cool to see people of color, not just at the table, but at the table, but actually have like real positions, right? So a lot of times we're at the table, but we don't have positions, right? We, We can't really change or make changes. And so I think, like, having people at the table who can actually make change, um, that's, you know, powerful.
0: That is powerful. That is powerful. So as you all know, we have a lot of different workshops. Has anyone got a, gotten a chance to attend one of our workshops, and what did you think about it?
4: So I attended the, um, most of the ones that I'm attending are all capacity building um, um, for bringing back to my organization to kind of talk about, how are we gonna be able to um, change programming for our community um, and, how we, and how can we um, help promote and empower our staff to ensure that they're um, um, doing the work as well. Um, so I have, and I'm in love with some of the things that I've, I've came across, some of the conversations that I've heard. A lot of it um, you hear um, often, but you get different perspectives every time that you hear the conversation, right. which is what I like to take home about it and things like that. Um, I can't, um, I don't know what Atlanta's is doing. I don't know what San Francisco is, is doing. So to kind of come into a space where I can hear that and bring that back to my community um, is it's, it's what's leading me to be here.
0: Right, that's an amazing answer. So what about you, Jonathan? Have you experienced any of the workshops, and what kind of stood out to you the most?
2: Um, I think one of the things that I'm mostly interested in is um, workshops that are focusing on things like prep and um, how different communities uh, may be making it easier for consumers in terms of affordability, accessibility. Um, Also really, again, focusing on... um, Communities that may not speak English as their primary language, yes. and how we can better address those challenges, and how we can better connect people to services like Prep.
0: Yes, exactly. I think that's wonderful, especially since you know, Prep is Prep is going to take us into the future of getting to zero. You know, Absolutely. we know that the responsibility of um, HIV prevention isn't just on people living with HIV. It's also a social responsibility for everyone in that sense. So, Saquon, I want to pass it to you as well. What was one of the highlights of the Biomedical Summit so far for you?
3: Oh, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> so, this is my first time in Chicago. Okay. All these glass buildings. I am not in Salt Lake anymore, honey. Okay. <laughs> I am like a kid in a candy store. Like, my, eye, my eyeballs have been like silver dollars the whole time I've been here. Um, the networking for me is amazing. Right. Um, I'm a woman living with HIV, and I'm the only one in, in Salt Lake, really, in Utah, who's open about it, who's speaking out about it, who wants to, to make a difference. Yeah. Because, you know, in Utah, we don't have sex there, and we don't do drugs there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, my organization, I do outreach testing and linkage to care for sex workers and people who inject and use drugs. hmm So coming to a summit that talks about those things. Right. Unapologetically. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Um, NMAC. This opportunity is amazing. Uh, I actually went to a workshop that talked about um, capacity building and HIV advocates, how how to build HIV advocates in my hometown. Okay. And I have a lot of people who are HIV positive. Yeah. Who... Want to get involved with what I'm doing, but they don't know how. Yeah. So now I can go back and say, there's a way.
0: There's a mm-hmm. way, That's definitely. Cool. And you can show them the way as well. Yep. Um, so, Lamar, what was one of your highlights? Okay, so when you leave the biomedical summit, what are going to be some of your biggest takeaways? So when you leave Chicago and right. you go back to your hometown, what are some of the things that you're going to take with you to teach to your local community? Let's start with you, Lamar, and then we'll go down the line.
1: Okay, yeah, that's a that's a loaded question. I mean, what am I not going to take back with me? I think like the resources that I've learned, um, the individuals you know that I have personally met. Um, through this process, some of the education that I've just learned and just talking, you know, just even on this panel process, I've learned so much and the connections. I think, like, the biggest thing for me really is going to be the connection and I think more so the inspiration that I can do more.
0: Yes, definitely so. I like that. I like that. You next. What are you going to take away?
2: Well, I like what you said. What am I not taking away with this? Um, But I think um, one of the the things to take away is resilience, right? Like, again, when when we're talking about being back in person for the first time, um, just because we weren't there, there were parts of the community that was taking care of themselves, right? Yes. Um, And so how do we tap into those individuals, you know, gatekeepers in the community who were taking care of the community while, you know, we were on lockdown, Um, you know, looking at some of those those ways to incorporate that kind of service as
0: well. How about you, Saquon? What are you going to take back to Salt Lake City?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Same thing. What am I not going to take back? Yeah. Um, You know, HIV is still very hush-hush and stigmatized in Utah. Right. Uh, Some people don't even know you can get it from sex. Mm. Honey, I know. I have a lot of work to do there. <laughs> um, but the connections, the knowledge and power on how to fight stigma more.
0: So we, we have the biomedical interventions to prevent people from um, acquiring HIV. And we also have the biomedical interventions that prevent people from transmitting HIV as well. Mm-hmm. The problem now is stigma. Mm, yes. So stigma has us somewhere in between that halfway point almost, like a seesaw. You know, And we need to get some type of equilibrium um, along the way. And I know that you will be very instrumental in doing that in Salt Lake City. So thank you so much for, for coming in and learning so much at the Biomedical Summit. And I know you'll take back a lot to your city and help folks out there. Jonathan, um, for our last question, what are you gonna take back to Charlotte with you?
4: Um. So one of the things that I've seen here is how m- how many people collaborate with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the South, in Charlotte in particular, collaboration is always nicely said, but it's mm-hmm. never actually executed very well. Right. Um, and so I'm going to empower my community to empower and challenge my community and all, all organizations to work together, coexist in spaces so that our community can be um can, can take advantage of the services that have been provided between all agencies. Um, so that's one of the things that I want to take back. And, and, and also um, taking back um, networking opportunities and information um, from, orga, orga, from other organizations um, in these workshops, um, how to... Um, what, one of the things that, one of the workshops that I attended the first, the, uh, in, this morning was um, how to hold our medical um, providers responsible as Ooh. well. Mm-hmm. How to go in and teach them how to serve our, our population, our people, um, and make sure that they are doing it correctly, and, and, and also empower our clients to be their own voice. Yes. Well, I think we get stuck on navigation and helping our clients, navigate for our clients, but empowering them to advocate for themselves um, is, is also very important as
0: well. Right, definitely so. Thank
3: you so much for that. Can I add add one thing? Yes, please do, please. Um, One of the biggest things that I appreciate about this summit is the realness and the openness. Because, you know, coming from Utah, we don't like to talk about sex, even though everybody's having it. Um, We don't like to talk about drug use, even though we have a very large, very rampant scene of that. So coming here and being able to go to a workshop about responsible hoeing, <laughs> thank you for right. talking about it openly. So I'm gonna go back and because uh, we do have a large Kim Sex community in in Salt Lake as well. So now I'm gonna go back and talk to them about being responsible hoes. Well, I missed like that. I love that. I, I
1: love that. Awesome. That was amazing.
3: I wish I could have been a part of
1: yeah, that. I know, one. Right? Well, <laughs> I miss
0: that so. Uh, Right. So just quick question. Are you all looking forward to the biomedical summit yet next year? Oh, yes. Absolutely. 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 Mm. Definitely. I definitely want to make sure that the people on staff
4: are able to kind of attend this as well. Yes. Thank you. So
0: making sure that your staff are able to attend as well. Right. Yeah. Bringing more people from Salt Lake City. Yes.
1: Right.
0: Folks from Atlanta, your youth as well.
1: Yes, most definitely. All right.
0: Definitely. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today live at our podcast here at the Biomedical Summit. It was a pleasure to have our wonderful attendees here to join us and tell us about their experiences. All right. And we will see you next time with Real Talk with NMAC. Don't forget to find out more about the CDC's Let's Stop HIV Together campaign. Please visit bit.ly slash reach underscore CDC. Thank you.